Welcome to the first episode of 2023, where I sit down with my good friend John Luke and Jenna. John Luke and Jenna and I and Nick Hinton are in a giant research group together. Well, it can't be giant if there's only four of us, but still, we have a good time. We do a lot of really in-depth research behind the scenes that doesn't really make it out into the public, but here is a nice little sneak peek. We got Jenna out for the first time on camera to come out and discuss some of these things that all have to do with UFOs. It's dark. It's scary. It's wild. And there's connections that you wouldn't necessarily assume are connected. They're both like just encyclopedias of knowledge, man. You don't need talking about it. I feel like half the time when I'm talking to you guys, I'm like, well, I'm not contributing shit to this conversation. <laughs> I'm just going, wow, that's so rad. Like, that's really good. And I'm like, uh... well, you do contribute. You do contribute to it. It's just that in a different way, you're more, you're like a circus master. <laughs> you like you round it up it's like i want to hear this i want to hear that explain this explain that but that's good because then it focuses me anyway to talk about the stuff that might be interesting to somebody because i was just been talking to my dad about all of the crazy stuff and my aunt my aunt's actually right who's the one who did our family tree oh yeah Uh, she did all the mcleod stuff that i've been banging on about Right, which obviously links back into this sea serpent stuff and the Merovingians. So anyway, I start talking to them about about all this over dinner, and I think my dad, my dad just wants to have me put into a mental asylum. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, he's going. He goes, you do understand, don't you? Yeah, these are just myths. I'm going, well, yeah, but maybe they're not just myths, Dad. He's like, he's just like, well, come on, they're clearly just myths. <laughs> King Arthur's Round Table, Melusine, Merlin, are you crazy? I'm like, no, I don't know if I am. French, French <laughs> to me, it doesn't even it doesn't even matter to me like whether it is or not because i feel like there's people in power that actually believe in it and it, to me that's what matters because it affects yeah, yeah. the whole world if these people believe it you know absolutely the, great point because even if it doesn't and they believe it then they're spinning us as a society in the direction of their beliefs no matter what they are yeah right yeah. i mean I that's mean, what they're doing real i don't know if it's even if a tenth of it's real, it's still enough to like do more research and think about it. And even if it's not, then you, I think it's still important to look at, well, why, why were these, why were these miscreated and what purpose did they serve at the time? Cause you got to realize that these were rational, intelligent people for the time period that were capable of obviously um, writing, you know, uh, all, all there were schools of the time, you know, there was definitely, um, you know, books or whatever written even in carvings in stone and all this was important enough to document and you think about it like every scrap of paper was worth you know whatever right nobody's just writing things down just to make shit up so i mean and even if it was just for fantasy or whatever what like what kind of other allegorical or you know other meanings that are baked into these things that you know maybe are still hidden maybe some of maybe they were they're doing it in a way at the time because of the the truth of it is it was too hard to put out there. Like even, even now, I mean, there's, there's things that people hide in fiction that are true, right. That are too well, hard to grasp. Well, this is what I said to my dad. Cause he goes, he's, he's like, well, you understand that what you're talking about is just myths and legend. And I was like, I said, yeah, I do. But also I don't, I'm not going to say that I know everything that's happened over the last 6 billion years that this planet's been here or however long it's been. And evolution you know if we're talking in terms of evolution we know that we're supposed to have come out of the sea 
and then turned into monkeys and then turned into humans. Mm -hmm. So what's to say that something else didn't evolve the same way, but stay in the sea or go down and in and evolve in a much higher rate than us or a similar rate, but be, you know, so these ideas of serpent people are no different from simian people that what well, like we are supposed to be, you know, like from mm -hmm. apes. So it's kind of like, and he, yeah, I say these things to him, and he kind of goes, yeah, yeah, I understand that, yeah, but he doesn't want to think about that, you know. But isn't he? Isn't your dad a, a professor or a scientist? I forget one of the two. He's a. Uh, uh, my dad's my my dad's just a, not just he's a teacher. He was a teacher, <laughs> but um, right. it was on my mum's side all the professors like. So my granddad was a um, Her Majesty's Inspector for the Arts. So. And then his kids all did kept the Cambridge thing. And my uncle was a professor in uh, 20th century history, espionage, MI5, MI6 and stuff. Nice. So that's kind of like, that's been interesting to me to dig into his mind a little bit when I see him and uh, ask him questions. I've told yeah, him how does, how does he relate your questions as opposed to your dad? I mean, when you ask him, when you talk to him about some of this stuff, is, is there a different response, obviously, he, from him? Yeah, there is because he doesn't believe in some of the stuff I believe in or I right. think about anyway. But what he does know is that, because my granddad was clearly interested in all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I talk to him about this stuff, it's not it's nothing new to him. He's kind of like, well, you're talking about stuff that your granddad talked about. And um, so I do understand where you're coming from. And whereas he's not, when he talks about the secret services and stuff like that, you get into Freemasonry and secret societies, but because a lot of the secret keeping is done through those sorts of scenarios, Mm -hmm. But as far as I know, he's not any any of that stuff, you know. Like he never got interested in that. He just liked the history of it, right? Yeah. So he ended up he he was a professor at um, at Cambridge doing that oh. stuff in the eighties, seventies, eighties, and into the nineties a bit. Uh, but then my other uncle, he's he's history of photography, so he does oh, wow. like he's written a few books about. Victorian photography and the birth of photography and that sort of stuff, you know. So yeah, so it's all, it's all a bit academic. But then there's me, and I'm a delivery man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, there's not. You know, that's bullshit. You know, um, we're all. Uh, I'm nobody. So what are you talking about? Yeah, um, no, no, I'm not worried about any of that. It's just, that, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, worried about state. You know, I'm not like I'm not worried yeah. about the status thing at all. Like I've. I've never really been interested in that stuff. I no. like learning stuff I want to learn about. Yeah, I it seems to be interesting how you, you and I mean Jenna especially, will find like this one sliver of something in in your research, and it'll spur each each of you on. So like you know you'll come up with something like the whole um, like the Dupont stuff, the recently the the Dupont stuff, where I don't even remember how we got yeah. onto it or who or who who was the first that jumped into it or got into the Dupont thing, and it, and it was just. Like a it, snowballed. And the research you guys have done in the past like three weeks have just blown my mind. Like, but in my mind, depart and Jenna, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think it was when we found that link to the Jacques Vallée uh, Spanish UFO crash, and it was. I don't. I was, think maybe you found that. For me, it was when John Warner was talking about them in his book. Which was oh, that chapter wow. 108 or whatever, which was oh, like yeah. a whole nother set of synchronicities that happened between me and you. I don't know if you remember that. That was that was like one of the big things that like got us connected, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was so weird. 
yeah so in that chapter 108 of john warner's book he's talking about the dupont family and how they're part of whatever the committee of 300 or whatever yeah. so i started digging into the duponts then and they were just they're so weird they're just weirdos <laughs> yeah, they, they are re- <laughs> weirdos like, and they're, they're like in everything so we just keep finding uh, i don't know when you found the um the thing with jacques filet i don't i don't know when if that was before or after but and then well, it's just kind of been popping up all over the place yeah yeah well it's i mean that that was purely just because of um the idea of seeding narratives because i know that when we we talk um not on zoom and stuff but we've always talked about the idea of seeding a narrative and that these stories have been placed and created and evidence put into certain parts of the public sphere right that if you follow the puzzle you can be led to certain answers and one of them was for me was that in the Jacques Vallée investigator case that was from the early 60s I think um which had materials that had been left in some Spanish town uh UFO apparently materials from a UFO and one of the materials was like a canister that when they cut it open there was like some film in it with um sort of hieroglyphic writing on Mm. with coded writing but the film was made of a substance called tedlar i think that's how you pronounce it and tedlar at the time had only been used by nasa in some of the stuff they were working on and had been developed by dupont mm. so all of a sudden you've got a material that's being created by only at that time being created by the dupont um industries uh, was being utilized by NASA and suddenly turns up in a UFO sighting where people reckon they've seen a saucer and they've actually got materials from the and bloody bloody blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. which then leads on to all the research. That's kind of what set me going off it really. And um, then, and then yeah. I was just I was going through my notes and stuff and I was looking back at the Fred Crisman stuff and how he connects to all this stuff, like the JFK assassination and the Maury Island thing, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were looking at if there's a possible connection with Maury Island and DuPont and it looks like there is, you know, mm. and then there was some discussion about, um, I think it was actually in project blue book. It might've been where they were talking about how it might've actually been like a legal dumping of some kind of debris. And it was like some kind of hoax. Um, oh. but mm. okay. So here's where it gets interesting though. So, um, Michael Reconosciuto, who's the guy who was involved with the promise software scandal, which oh, is yeah. where, like he was on this Cabazon Indian reservation working with Wacken Hut, which is a security company who who um works for Area 51. Yeah. And Bobby Ray Inman is the was on the board of that Wacken Hut. Okay. So Rakana Shudo was working there doing that promise software, you know, backdoor thing. His dad worked for Fred Crisman. And then nice, Michael Reconoshuda <laughs> also worked for Hercules, which is also part of DuPont, which is also where Jack Parsons worked for a while. Like, it's just so weird how these things are all you know, like they seem to somehow be connected. I don't know how, but they all well, kind of overlap. It's weird. I don't know. Well, there's serious things that go on with this stuff, as we found um, out, and you can't really get away from it, can you? Like, and part of me over the last few years when we've worked on things like this, like the sinks coming thick and fast, like to start with it frightened me. Like uh, <laughs> quite honestly, like I'd probably I'd lie in bed and just be like, 
the absolute fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> but seriously, it's, it's like this is wild. Like, um, but you kind of after a while, you just have to live with that and think, right, this actually is real, and these sinks are happening, and yeah, it's it's wild, isn't it? Like, I mean, that's that's part of it. You get solid data, you get good research, but then you also get these crazy synchronicities, and I think that's part of the journey, isn't it? Yeah, I don't yeah, even know you, what to do with it all. Sometimes it's just like. You know, it could be nothing. It could just be coincidences, but there's so many of them. It's, it's hard to believe that they're just coincidences. Well, oh, there's absolutely. not like you can't tie all of that together. You're not like putting red string on string on the board, like no, you know that. But I mean, it's all rude. Like, be like my wife made me take mine down. Like, <laughs> you know, it got a little Christmas. too big. For Christmas, yeah, yeah. you have to take it down. <laughs> the, the, the family's coming over. But like, so a lot of it is like, so when we just talk about seeding narratives, so it, either they're they're seeding the narrative and they're tying all this shit together into some bizarre, weird, really tiny way that only people will pick up on, right? As, as it looks like breadcrumbs or it's all just really all related and not everybody picks up on it. I mean, the whole Hercules thing, the Hercules split off from DuPont because it was like a federal, uh, like DuPont was too big. It was, right? like it was, a, kind of yeah, a, it was like a monopoly, whatever, you know, whatever you call it. Yeah. So they had like too much. So they just, it basically it's, it's just a, a DuPont company, but it's Hercules. And then they had contracts with the government to do all kinds of shit, same as DuPont, but they still, all of these things are all like subcontractors or front companies or whatever for the military industrial complex, you know, all of them mm -hmm. are, and they all have ties to each other. So a lot of the stuff like Bobby Ray Inman, right? So when you're in the government, and these guys leave government, like the first thing they do is all these big companies come going, yeah, we'll pay you whatever. You're going to sit on our board and you're going to be our end to the government so we can get more contracts and we can get our foot in the door. And like, if you look at the panels of the majority of the contractors that have any type of contract with the government, they're all ex-military, all high-ranking officials that are at the tops of the board, CEOs and or whatever. And they're all in there and they all got their fingers going in into the pie. So they do their whatever many years in the government, they leave and basically they're just right back in there, but with a different hat on. A lot of these are also, from what I've looked at, are family related, right? So um, my, like the dad would work at DuPont and then the son or the grandson or like it, there's all these mm -hmm. things because they had this relationship where like, well, yeah, you're going to go to college and you're going to be a chemist just like your dad and you're going to work at, you know, DuPont just like your dad and all these right. things, right? You know, apparently DuPont, like, um, well, certainly during the 90s, they were accused of trying to spread kind of amongst their training and their staff mates, staff, sorry, teammates and everything, uh, a new age message. So, like, have you read, have you read anything about this? No. That they were kind of like pushing this message it was like you know when you joined up a lot of training and a lot of the kind of like you know resources that were given to you as you went through your progression they were accused of it being like kind of anti-christian of it being um new age spirituality almost being pushed yeah i've tried to find some documents and stuff and some screenshots that you can show wow. so i'm not just blabbing on but yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like people had commented on that that there was this idea that it was in upon that they were pushing some kind of ideology. Um, but then, you know, like we know that DuPont was, there was a DuPont member at the uh, Channel of the Nine, Andrea Purich. Mm -hmm. um, the idea that at the Nine, you've got Andrea Purich, who, Jenna, you found out the stuff about the dental implant work. Yeah, um, he patented a... Um... A piezoelectric like dental implant. 
That's it, yeah. So the, the dental implant, the piezoelectric, some of the, the some of the stuff for dental piezoelectric, we found some of that 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 era had been developed by the Duponts. Yeah, Zerk, wasn't it Zirconate or something like that? Yeah. Oh, Zir- yeah, it was a certain yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a chemical, right? Or like a which is in his patent, and yeah, and I think we found he found something about Dupont manufacturing zirconium or zirconium yeah um so it all starts to come together and then what was the thing where we were talking as well about roswell like some of the newer information from roswell was that you'd you'd had the hieroglyphic yeah the metal sort of bar that had the hieroglyphics on that spelled out eleutha is that i don't know how you pronounce it eleutha which was the greek name for freedom mm-hmm. um which was also the first name of the start of the u.s dynasty eleutha dupont and so the first um part of their business when they set up in the u.s was called eleutherian mills where they produced i think gunpowder wasn't it smokeless so. powder yeah. was that the big smokeless powder thing that they did was that might have been later oh okay maybe later yeah i can't remember but the first sort of plant they had back yeah. in a long time hundreds, hundreds of years ago it was mm-hmm. eleutherian mills named after eleuther dupont um so when you see the dupont company it's called ei dupont and the e stands for eleuther so it gets you back into the idea that some of the materials that have been tested on that metal were also materials developed by DuPont. <laughs> so, you know, when you start looking at it, you go, yeah, looks like DuPont have been making a spicy casserole out of all this for quite some time now. <laughs> Just throwing in some ingredients. So, like, what's the, what's the, what comes first here on this, though? Is it, do you think DuPont's had successfully reversed engineered part of a, a, a crash and used the material for other things? Or do you think that, DuPont actually invented, created this, and they're part of that whole breakaway um, advanced tech civilization because they're because of their, you know, status, because they're one of the 20 or 300 families. Are they doing all this shit in secret and have, you know, this advanced tech and they're, they're part of that offshoot civilization or are they, re- it's probably, it could be both. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out. Or part three, choice C, they're so in a narrative to create a, new world order mm-hmm. and that i don't say that lightly like the new world order but in terms <laughs> of you sow seeds of a legend over uh, is it called the, is it called determinism where instead of looking at your immediate future that's going to happen to you in the next year or something it's like looking at the next 100 the next 200 right. and families like that i guess they think like that they'd look at empire and they look at kind of world crafting so if it takes 100 years, 200 years, 300 years for this mythology to become grounded in some form of reality and belief system, that's how you birth a whole new era of human existence by creating legend. And that's that's what we base a lot of our society around. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm, I believe. Although there is the element that maybe they were developing this stuff and yeah, maybe they maybe they are part of a breakaway society but i don't know man because they all seem to live in mansions in on the surface of this planet with the rest of us and go crazy like john dupont and you know yeah let's talk about that i mean john dupont was 
completely crazy, right? I mean, at the end there, I mean, some of the stuff you guys found, what, what was the thing that he was talking about that he was like, had a gun on him at all times and he was he had like a false psychotic break and he thought he thought something that he was being contacted by aliens i I don't know there's a whole bunch of stuff he Mm. He, yeah i think he thought that that aliens were controlling him spying on him that he had alien insects living in inside his body oh yeah that's that's what it was yeah yeah yeah. Although I know that psychosis, like especially cocaine psychosis, can make you feel like you've got bugs under your skin. And I know that from what I've read, John DuPont wasn't adverse to a few rails of coke, like so. <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. Is he but, still um, in, is he still in prison or is he dead? Or I mean, I don't I don't know where he's I think at. He's now. Dead. Yeah, yeah. I think he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he wasn't, I mean, he was in prison. You gotta think with the amount of money and the amount of resources that those families have a lot of the times when those things happen, they kind of disappear. Right. And things don't, but he was actually tried and convicted of murder, obviously. And there's, you know, movie and all that and everything about it. So like, you know, there's one of those things where they, you try to disassociate, well, that was just the crazy uncle or whatever. But if you start digging into it, like we have, I mean, it just goes down, you go down the rabbit hole to a spot where I don't think anybody really has. And as far as I know, there's, I've not heard of anybody else creating that connection between UFO ufology. And uh, see, look, somebody knows about what's going on, ufology <laughs> and the uh, and the Duponts at all. Like, well, I mean, well, that's pretty good for us, then, isn't it? <laughs> that's right, good actually. for you guys. Didn't do anything. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I mean, the links kind of where's it come up? It's come up in terms of like we know that the Dupont stuff came out of that Jacques Vallée the crash that he reported on because he named I think he named him in the book mm-hmm. or was he it just the material he named he named the material Ted Lark he knew it was yeah. Ted Lark but he, I don't, maybe he didn't name it as DuPont mm-hmm. but one thing about DuPont in terms of ideology I was reading the other day that back in the 30s they funded a ter- an American terrorist organization a right wing not I guess pre-Nazi called the Black Legion never heard of this you know, these guys so the Black Legion were apparently vigilantes in Detroit, in that region. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they go out and uh, kill or threaten or intimidate people that weren't what well, being good citizens, they believe. But it turned into almost like a racist hate group. Yeah. Wow. So there was links even back then to a right wing ideology coming from the Duponts. Funded. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna get sued here. But you know, this is just things I've red <laughs> yeah 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 the black if you look on le- online there's quite a lot about it the black legion i think they're called yeah, wow. I'll, see if I can, yeah, I'll see if i can find a picture and share my screen yeah, yeah they were involved with like german rearmament you know during world war ii so they were definitely you know nazi sympathizers to say the least yeah oh and there must have been quite a lot of those at the time as well like especially in the industrial complex like yeah you know, finding out where, where the money's gonna go um, right yeah yeah and plus we brought them all over here so obviously you know there's a lot of people who are sympathetic well yeah that's, that's the it. thing that i mean the, that's uh, spoken about some but i mean like their ideology didn't just vanish as soon as they crossed the border right, right. i mean and the things that got me to thinking about that early on um i think it was jim mars and was talking about was how during paperclip especially during nasa where the russian and the u.s um Nazi scientists, German scientists, former Nazi scientists were allowed to have unimpeded conversation back and forth the entire time. So like we were, you know, we're at the Cold War with Russia. 
and but but the but the Germans were allowed to talk to each other the entire time without any type of oversight or anything. They weren't like, you know, sequestered or anything, which was it's like, well, okay, great. So they're doing all that. So then what else are they doing? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Can you guys see that by the way? On my yeah. Screen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the black Legion. Um, Political. Uh, movement. Wow. The so I go over to here and let's say black Legion. DuPont. Um, yeah, so yeah, you go. Look, so if I just have a quick look for it, finding page Black Legion. So yeah, uh, so down there, look, Dupont's General Motors Company funded a vigilante terrorist organization to stop the unionization in its midwestern factories called the Black Legion. Its members wore black robes decorated with a white skull and crossbones. So yeah, they've they've got some serious links back to the clan, I guess, to a racist ideology, historically. Allegedly, too, in case any solicitors are listening. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So um hang on, I'm gonna stop sharing that. But yeah, so like uh, I found that interesting because I was obviously like looking at what the ideology of this could be, if there's an idea of like in some kind of new social order it's like well what's it going to be and um it does seem like through running through all of this there's a there's a right-wing element you know yeah Otherwise. we talked about that the last time there's always these things that keep showing up why do i mean blake and i were chatting yesterday or today i remember and he was saying like he was been on this nazi thing forever too you know he's like there's always this this nazi or this right-wing undertone to all of this ufo shit like and it's always it's veiled right but it's always there where you know, yeah. um, it's, uh, you know, when, when you do see humans, they're all in the craft or whatever, they're all like either dressed in Nazi uniforms or they're white, you know, white, they're not, uh, you know, people of color at all, you know, Patricia Vaughn, I've talked, we still talk all the time and it's just like, you know, uh, you know, there's no people of color at all in any of this stuff, even in the research and some of the other things, you know, the only thing you find in that is that whole Betty and Barney Hill thing right that's the only thing that's yeah. like at yeah. least made the mainstream right and the Brazilian guy um oh yeah uh whatever his, um, what's his name he was like oh as the guy who you know oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Aliens to me, but whatever what do I know they made a um, movie about him didn't they like a document yeah I, think um, so. I ended up watching um the missing 411 the new one oh last... yeah I fell asleep was, I didn't mess I didn't do it, it. And um, one of the I don't want to give too much away if you guys aren't watching. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> you can well, spoil it. So it focuses on like one specific park and one specific area in the U.S. Um, and the thing that's interesting is that it's basically like three people that disappear, and he's you know obviously trying to spin it to be like a UFO thing. One one guy gets abducted and comes back, you know, and he has a story which is really interesting. And the interesting thing is that they all have German last names. Really? So they also have like German heritage. And uh, mm. the guy gets returned and he thinks that he gets re returned because he had a vasectomy. So they couldn't use him for, you know, reproductive purposes or whatever. Wow. And then a couple other people disappear and they don't find them. So, but they all yeah. are, you know, have German heritage, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Trying to like find that like master race stuff. <laughs> yeah. weird isn't it well it's like you know like that 
thing I found the other day, again in Jacques Vallée, talking about Bob Lazar, you mm. know, uh, sending his contact to Jacques Vallée and then the contact gets in touch, who happens to be a US colonel living in mm. Las Vegas, writing on neo-Nazi-headed paper with SS emblems on it and stuff. So even as far as the early 90s, um, we've got this neo-Nazi element coming into the mainstream of ufology. I mean, what is the most mainstream part of ufology? Probably up until TTSA and stuff, it was Bob Lazar, Area 51, mm-hmm. Dreamland. So when it starts getting linked back to, again, to militia stuff, far-right, neo-Nazism, ideologies, social structure change, uh, I don't know, can't get away from it. <laughs> well, that ties into the whole McTimothy McVeigh stuff and, you know, um, yeah. the Oklahoma City bombing and the all of those um, allegations too, right? That are, um, I can't remember <laughs> who, who popped out the, who popped out the, the um, letter from McVeigh. Wasn't there a letter that you wrote from prison or something that talked about UFOs or um and he was talking about ufos a lot um the the book by wendy painting which i will hold up because it's a very good book oh there it is look at that boom i'm not done with it yet but it's she talks a lot about how the ufo kind of culture influenced him and it's it plays a big role like bigger than you think um yeah it's hard and it's you know this is this gets into the whole steve colburn thing um, I don't know if you want to talk. I about don't that. know who that is. <laughs> no comment. Well, I don't know if you want to talk about it or not. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, like, it's nothing hasn't been written in a million other sources, so I don't yeah. want to talk about. You can't it. cite. You can't cite publicly available information in the. Yeah, I mean, it's in her book, so I mean, yeah. The gist of it is that he, McVeigh was introduced to Colburn by this guy named Roger Moore, who allegedly had connections to like the Iran-Contra scandal. This is all in Wendy Painting's book. Mm -hmm. And um, so he, he's involved somehow in the bombing, they think, and he kind of gets off. Like he, he's sharing a mailbox with McVeigh. He's got all, he's got all these really close connections, but somehow he kind of like, wiggles his way out of being implicated in the bombing mm-hmm. um which is weird like they they barely even investigate him and then he like kind of shows back up you know years later as this like alien implant expert so yeah. with roger leah yeah yeah and jeremy corbell's movie patient yes. 17 right patient 17. Yeah. he is patient 17 right isn't isn't um isn't that the no. whole the the what's the whole rap of the story that like that He's cool. like the materials expert. He's like the one, you know, um, examining the implants or whatever. I, I thought he, for oh, sure though that he he had an implant too. I thought it was like that was like. Yeah, the, I think he did. Yeah, there's like some. I don't know if he was actually patient seventeen. I think, I think the, he was patient yeah. fifteen. I think. He, oh I yeah. Think he was like, it was like you know it was kind of like in surprise. Guess what? Yeah. I'm not just a materials analysis. I'm patient fifteen. I've got him. <laughs> well, there uh, was a, there was like okay, news uh, articles he's where he's telling. There's news articles where he's talking about how he was implanted. Remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, well, he said a lot. Know. But then we found out as well that his dad was a dentist. Yeah. Well, and his yeah, granddad and worked for the this, this is what's so interesting because McVeigh, 
you know, talked about having an implant, but he said it was put in by the army, you know, like it was the military that did it to him. And he went, you know, and, and Wendy's paintings book, she goes into all the details about how many times he went to the doctor and the dentist, like a ridiculous amount of times, like was ridiculous. 17 times or seven, is it 70, 75. 75 times you go to the dentist? Like an absurd amount. And, um, they didn't do an autopsy on his body after he was executed, which is, you know, highly strange. Like, I think the law was actually changed right before he was executed or something. Wow. Um, but so that's weird to me. So, you know, he's saying that the military had an implant in him. And then you've got Colburn who, you know, wiggles his way out of the whole, you know, involvement in the bombing somehow, even though he's obviously like very closely tied to McVeigh. Mm -hmm. And then and he shows up, you know, later in the UFO crowd, you know, pushing yeah, yeah. the idea of alien implants. Right. You know, I don't and his Who dad knows? was a as an army dentist. Right. And then didn't um, his like grandfather work for DuPont? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he DuPont. <laughs> <laughs> so just like well, it might it might mean nothing, but it just yeah. seems yeah. yeah, it's Maybe got it a slightly mean. fishy smell in it. It's like a ooh. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this is all in public, it's all public knowledge. It's all there to be researched. So you know. What's the name of that book, Jenna? It's it's Wendy. It's, it's called, Wendy. Um, Aberration in the Heart Heartland of the Real, the Secret Lives of Timothy McVeigh by Wendy Painting. Oh man. What's interesting though, right, is the fact that he was readily accepted, despite the fact that anyone with a keyboard can search these people up with these big claims and then find that certain elements of them belong to right-wing militias, mm -hmm. neo-Nazi factions, were meth chefs. For fuck's sake, yeah, meth <laughs> selling their meth to Timothy McVeigh, who said that he spent his time setting off explosives with Colburn out in the desert whilst tweaking on meth. Um, yeah, it's pretty suspicious, yeah. But like, uh, and but then at the same time, so you can find all that really easily that he was arrested by the FBI, pulled a gun on them, a loaded gun on them, that he pretty much like looked like John Doe number two in the whole um, Oklahoma City bombings case got off resurfaces with roger lear gets 20 years later on, right on a Was jeremy it... corbell documentary and then reappears again in more recent tales which you know can link him to some of the really big names in modern ufology so not you know this all could be very tenuous links but they're all links that can be easily researched I don't know why people, you know, it seems like a lot of people really, really care at the moment about the right wing too and the element on Twitter about racism and bigotry and prejudice, but they don't seem to focus on any of this. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. So it's the culture war taking over from like what actually is real research. Eh? It's like, come on, dig in. Like actually research this shit, please. Because I don't want to be the only one that gets sued. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. you know uh if it's not in a like a 30 second tiktok nobody's doing any type of research and, and even no, if it was completely fake they're just gonna fucking believe it anyway so it, it doesn't matter i mean as long as it you know it, it captures you emotionally or whatever i mean that's where people are just into it and, and you see I all think, these things you know yeah i think you have to look at so many things to find connections and it's hard because you don't know where to start but you know the i feel like the ufo crowd gets a little like tunnel vision mm -hmm. and then i really look outside what's what else is going on with these other conspiracies that are actually happening and you yeah, know yeah. well documented right so i don't know well, there's a lot of connections 
Well, something that people have sort of asked me and stuff, and I've and I've obviously asked over the last however many long with this is what is the link then to these militias and the far right ideology to UFOs? And outside of mythology, outside of the idea of Nordic whites and uh, the Nazis contacting aliens psychically from Aldebaran and all that stuff, mm-hmm. what it comes down to is the idea that uh, psychologically, people who are inclined to follow a, a militia mindset are paranoid of their government. They think mm. the government is against them, is, is a potential enemy to prepare against, mm. um, and keep secrets, which ties mm. perfectly into the whole flying saucer mythos, the idea that the government are keeping secrets, they're controlling us using technologies we don't understand, that maybe those technologies are aliens. So if you really want to take it as far as that, like that the, the overlords are extraterrestrial, um, maybe if you dig between the lines, maybe the overlords aren't extraterrestrial in their minds, they could be a racial group. So you start getting into the old Illuminati stuff, which feeds back down to, you know, all that shit, like the mm-hmm. idea that there's a Jewish um, conspiracy. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like you can see how this stuff and how people with that mindset and the right wing are manipulated in such a way. And so that's the answer. And people have asked me, I've never, never somebody asked the other day online, I didn't even really want to get into it. Right. Well, that's what I think it is. Well, it's even if you go back to like the early like fifties alleged UFO contactees, like the Georges, like George Adamski and um, George Hunt Williamson, like they were. I mean, George Hunt Williamson was like involved with the whatever that Nazi group was called. Um, was it the Silver Shirts or the Brown Shirts, whatever? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Brown Shirts, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and you know, and it was always a blonde hair, blue eyed Venusian or whatever it was. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, I think that Jack Valet, like, because I was reading up Revelations just yesterday again and going through all this stuff, he made a quote and he just said what he noticed. I can't remember what the exact quote was, but it's it's strange how so many of these seemingly good-hearted, kind, new-age types are easily influenced by fascistic influences. Mm. And um, that's not the exact quote, but that's basically what the vibe was. And that's what you find. And you find people get angry about it when you link these things together because they'd be like, I'm not a fascist. Yeah? I'm peace and love. It's all about these light yeah. beings and everything's going to be great and all this. But really, when you dig behind all that, like you said, all the way back to the 50s and the Venusians coming down with these messages of love, there was always these these links to the, the Nazis and the far mm-hmm. right. You know, like you can't get away from it. And I think anyone who, who actually does the research and the reading like we've been doing, you can't deny it. There's, it's undeniable, and it kind of like it's. But it's the message that not no one really wants to hear hear about because it's unpalatable. I mean, I know that personally, three years ago, like when I was starting this sort of pathway and trying to find out about this stuff and some of the things I'd seen as well, I was more about the wonder of it all. I looked at mm-hmm. it probably from the through the lens of Steven Spielberg in 1979. You know, like right. everything's beautiful, lens flare. It's so exciting, the idea that these aliens are coming. And, you know, but then, you know, I start reading and then just go, well, shit, it's that, is it? <laughs> That's the truth behind it. But I think a lot of people get stuck in what they want it to be and and not what it probably actually is. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what it is. And I still, I go back and forth, you know, I think that there is some kind of like, metaphysical element to it i don't know i don't think it's aliens per se you know the Mm -hmm. way we're being told it is 
Um, but I also think there's this very sinister human element to it, you know, that isn't being looked at enough. Yeah. Whoa. Attached to itself. I mean, one of the things that got me was, uh, I don't know where I found this at and it probably was online obviously, but I know I didn't come up with it myself, but what if like, and this one really struck me because I was like, well, this is, so we, we always put it in the context of the government's keeping this shit from us. They're, they're hiding it. They're lying to us. They, they don't want us to know anything about it. Anybody that, um, says anything is silenced, right? You know, the men in black and all this thing happens, you know, people disappear, they get, what was the, um, uh, forest all gets pushed out of a window supposedly, right? All these things. But if you take a step back and you go, well, maybe it's not, you know, we think the, why didn't, why doesn't Russia just come out and tell everybody if they have a program or what? It's like, well, maybe though they're not in charge like maybe maybe the governments or whoever we we assume to be the powers that be aren't the powers that be that there's a well, different higher level that's has technology whatever else could just be like you want to talk about it yeah, yeah. You, you know you just disintegrate and it's not the government doing it or whatever it's this other the others right that could just take it you out so everybody's like well don't say shit because everybody wants to live right i, I don't know well i mean forrestal from what i can work out was he was killed a year after releasing some information on the idea that they were going to put platforms up in our atmosphere. Um, yeah. So we put platforms in the atmosphere. Those platforms could then be used as, I think, some kind of solar gun. Like oh. the, the, the potential of, of, a, of a weapon. Mm -hmm. It could also be used as a stepping stone to another platform to keep going through the solar system. Mm -hmm. So when he released that information, I think in like 1948, I can't remember what year, was it 49 he died? Yeah, but, yeah. So he, he released information on that, which hit a few publications in quite a lot of depth. Um, but then nothing else was released about that after those few. He spoke, some information got out, it got published in a few newspapers, he got killed, he got sectioned, and, he got, and then he was killed or died or committed suicide or whatever it was. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, he was at the time when he was killed. He was reading a poem uh, about Ajax, the Greek legend Ajax, uh, which was about reaching beyond your personal means. abilities. Yeah. So yeah. when you start looking into it, like it looks again like there's been some kind of um, well cover up, like everyone knows. But I don't think the cover up is probably aliens. I think it's the fact that we probably have got, or they were planning on putting structures into our. Uh, atmosphere as a, as weapons mm -hmm. you know it's it's all there like i mean the secret actually isn't a secret it's just been made into one if you know what i mean and it's made into a myth as well it's a mythos right so now it's just just wrapped into this whole thing of well you know it's, you know about the aliens or you know, you know whatever right i mean yeah and that would be a good cover to hide a weapons platform to be like i used to like he's just talking about aliens you know like is that his mind right when it's actually a legitimate te technological weapons platform that we don't want anybody to know about well, makes sense it. make them think they're crazy you right? know same thing with benowitz right he's just well they went he, he gave a lot of details on it you know like the, the idea that how they would get them up there how we'd then build more to send out further into the solar system how you'd make this gun uh, this laser weapon from the solar rays up there. Like, um, you know, it was pretty heavily detailed, but only made it into a few publications before they pulled it. And then he was put into a sanatorium or whatever, and then he died. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's sort of one of them things that, again, it's like, so the reality of it is you start getting some weird places here where secret space programs, mm -hmm. you know, not the secret space programs that like people up there are super soldiers, but 
let's face it, if they put people up into our atmosphere in the 50s on manned platforms... That's true. Well, Warner well, told us about that, and we've, we've do- that's documented. We've been able to dig that out, right? That they were yeah, had manned we're... satellites in the fifties and sixties, yeah. where they would there was like two, two, two or three men. I can't remember what it is in a little tiny tin can that were spinning around the globe taking photos, high res photos of you know spy spying, right? And then they would just replace seventy two years ago, let's say, yeah, or maybe <laughs> even more. So that's, so seventy two years ago they were doing that, and they were also planning these platforms with death rays. Um, <laughs> So you sort of think, all right, well, maybe the conspiracy here, uh, you, know, you can cover up a lot of shit by saying that there's UFOs when really it's probably just us sending people up and down to these platforms. And, you know, like there's a lot of people seeing stuff leaving our atmosphere. And like when you see these sort of like these NASA shots and things like, you know, other craft that are kind of in our atmosphere and leaving our atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, can't, to me that kind of makes sense. You know, if they've got people up there anyway and they have had for a long time, I don't know if it's true. But I know that that's what Forrest will put out there before he died. So you'd want to keep it quiet. And and then I think the part of that, a lot of it. So when you tie it into it, even if you think about it, we just go right back to paperclips. All right. So we just brought all the Nazis over here. Their idea ideology stayed with them. And and they probably um uh I think Jim Mars the book, The Fourth Reich, lays it out really succinctly. I mean, it's just amazing. The Fourth Reich by Jim Mars is a great book and it's scary as shit. And basically, I think the whole overview of the Fourth Reich is that the Nazis never lost. They just basically spread themselves out across the globe, considered themselves in like the highest levels of the biggest companies on the planet and are either the top or close to the top of the boards of all of these companies, part of the military industrial complex, part of the actual militaries of all the other militaries and government and political systems all over the planet and have done it all just kind of behind the scenes. And if you take that aspect and that's all well, amazingly researched and documented, right? That book, the fourth Reich. If you take that, and you and you tie in the whole uh, advanced technology, you know, because you look at the uh, the D Glock and you know what was the Hanabu and all the other supposed Nazi flying craft and all that. If you take that aspect of it, and you just they just carried on that research, and you know some of it came here, some of it came whatever. If that's the case, then they actually have all the money on the planet. They have all the connections on the planet. They have additional resources and funding that we can't even imagine. And also technology that's probably, it's being kept from us since at least the thirties or forties. Right. So if that's the case, mm-hmm. would, what would it be? Oh, sorry. We can't tell you about all this UFO shit because it's actually just Nazis that run the world. <laughs> like- yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, could well be man. Like, I mean, it's you wouldn't tell anybody that at all. How would you come out and tell everybody? Oh, hey, sorry guys, we didn't want to say about UFOs because it's actually Nazis. They won, and yeah, sorry. Well, it would be a very difficult pill for most people to swallow, won't it? <laughs> but, but I suppose when they've got a solar death ray pointed at them, it's like, okay, we can accept that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's a tr- it's a tricky one, isn't it? Like I, I believe it. <laughs> it's not it's not any more outlandish than the other any other theory that that's presented out well, there. Well, is right? it I mean, is it as outlandish as Grace from Alpha? Uh, I don't know, Reticuli <laughs> flying here in flying sources, and I don't know, anal probing us. Like seriously, <laughs> I think I'd probably believe the Nazis invented spacecraft in the nineteen fifties and actually forties and actually got to space than that. <laughs> let's be honest yes like, i hate to say it man <laughs> uh, especially considering uh, uh, apparently it was a nazi that came down and abducted barney and betty hill yeah that was right. that's always overlooked right i mean it's not overlooked but i mean nobody focuses on that shit at all it was like basically a guy in a nazi uniform it was a nazi 
right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now did you, hey, you see Obama is doing Obama's uh you know what I'm talking about, Jenna? Production on the company? Netflix, the Netflix, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a, a sure it will not be accurately uh, you know, told at all. <laughs> I'm sure no. it'll they're and they're telling I'm sure it'll be aliens. <laughs> oh yeah. Probably. I bet you the Nazis left completely out, right? Yeah. You know what they, they apparently the, the the hills said when they were driving their car, like and they started to see the light in the sky because it was it was quite a long period of time apparently as they drove and they saw this light above them and coming alongside them. Said that when they saw it, it was with a beep sound. It was, it was like a rhythmical beep. It was just beep, beep, hmm. beep. You know, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. This so when you start looking into mind control, MK Ultra. Most of the time, when people are going to be hypnotized and they don't know about it, starts with a rhythmical beeping. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so they start like acoustic audio frequencies. Um, the whole thing, man. Like it's just like you know, when you actually look at it and you look at it with eyes that aren't glazed by the need for it to be aliens like it's just to me it just is an op from day one and it was whether it was actual nazis or whether it's someone dressed as a nazi but it was mk ultra you know like they'd la they literally landed a helicopter in front of them or maybe some sort of s secret craft after beaming frequencies at them this beeping sound lights you know like they were flashing lights at them and then took them on board and you know they even gave them like apparently like these aliens had books and said to betty to, to betty hill you're welcome to take one of these books yeah it's got like secrets of our planet on and all that but when she actually tried to leave one of the other guys goes no no we think we better keep the book yeah give yeah. the book back yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the whole thing is just hokey so I, i'm i'm gonna be pretty interested to see i mean i'll eat my hat and i'm always wearing one <laughs> like um, I'll, like I'll eat my hat, man, and I'll happily do it, and I'll do it like with relish. Like um, if it pro I'm proved wrong, but everything just stinks on that, man. Yeah, there's um a researcher on Twitter. His name's uh, Tanner Boyle. He did a good thread about that, and there's so many details in like his regression and and his telling of it that are like you never hear when you hear about the story, like ever. And yeah. he, it, it, there's one point where they describe it sounds like a roadblock in the road while they're driving and it's people. I mean, it's men. Mm. It's not aliens. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so it's really weird. And you can't you just can't deny how wrapped up MKUltra is with this, all this stuff. I mean, it, it obviously is. So oh, it's really like we through what's like genuine, you know, not human activity and what's, you know, I don't know. It, it's really muddy water. Well, as Vilea said, and and it it, there's one book that he, what he said he know he's he knows of or he he knows that other governments have faked abductions, or I'm I can't sure. I can't remember the exact quote, but you know what I'm talking about. He said that he knows of fake faked alien yeah, abductions. Yeah, I think it was us, wasn't it? The U.S. that the CIA was doing it. I mean, even yeah. Richard Doty he said that you know in Brazil as well, which is where a lot of the cases that he looked at were like they were fake. They were doing it to Brazilians. So yeah. Like, I, twisted man twisted. They, had, they said something like <laughs> we have the technology and they've done it on occasion like they've done it they've done the the fake alien abductions and it's one of the things in delong's books you know the secret machines books too as well it's like one of the characters gets abducted and she's like you know and there's grays and but she's not drugged up enough that she ends up punching one and it, and the mask falls off and it's like i think it, in the mm -hmm. book i could be wrong that they're russians or something right or some other country but it's like and she's not even in a craft it's like a warehouse or some shit right and it's like 
the whole mm. thing is staged and she's drugged, but she's cognitive enough to know they're just people in suits. It's like, well, it's like, you know, when Whitley uh, Strieber or Strieber, mm. like he, uh, you know, he, well, I can't remember which book it was, but he wrote about an experience, real life experience. Cause obviously, you know, when you dig into his story, um, years before any of this abduction stuff he had been over in london apparently making sort of avant-garde documentary films with the process church you know about that i forgot about that or around that um but in the meantime he told a story about how he'd been seduced by some kind of a mysterious irish woman or and she was beautiful a seductress yeah and he said he never fully felt in control around it and then hmm. he had this kind of strange affair with her. Then she had a bag with her, like an overnight bag or a little suitcase or something. And in the suitcase, he looked in the suitcase and there was a literally like what was an alien gray suit. Yeah. What? Um, and he said it was, it freaked him out. He said it looked like a so organic and real. It was an outfit in this case. And he just freaked and ran away. Yeah. Um, so there's certain elements to it where you go, like he was getting dragged into something kind of in swinging 60s, 70s London, um, got involved with the process. And there's a story about him being chased across the, Lund- the, the rooftops of London by process church members with dogs during this whole thing too. Um, so the guy was, you know, when you look at what happened with him and the lead up to his abduction story, he was balls deep in some dark shit, man. Whether he was part of it or not, I mean, a lot of these earlier stories talk about how he was naval intelligence, where he was doing work on behalf of naval intelligence. So whether he was spying against the process or whatever, obviously he pissed them off because they came after him. Um, well, and then he's his father was in MK Ultra, right? Yeah. Well, by all accounts, yeah. Allegedly, his father allegedly. was all these things. All of these things were alleged. Allegedly, his father was naval intel or some something for in psychic research, right? Or I could be wrong, but I know I'm sure that he was. He grew up on a navy base or something like that, and his dad was into yeah. you know uh, mind control well, there research. Was paperclip Nazis, um, ex Nazis, and paperclip program. At, excuse me, at that base. Um, mm-hmm. And he talks about how he had memories of being put into a Skinner box. Is it a Skinner box? You know, like yeah, the Skinner box, yeah. As a kid, idea, right? Like as a kid? Like it. Mm. Yeah, as a Apparently, child. Yeah. So he's going on to this base with his dad. His dad obviously has been like cajoled or being encouraged into the idea that his son will benefit in some way from this, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Unless, I don't know. I don't know why that allowed it to happen. And the next thing you know, he's being put through some. Well, it seems like it was probably MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. <laughs> <laughs> but again, in terms of in terms of like setting up a narrative, like the stuff he came out with after that was all ideologically based as well, and it was around uh, Ishtar mm. and um, that the that grey alien that he said he saw, the main one, was female, and to him came across as being Ishtar. So Inanna or Isis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, from day one, man, like the modern, not even modern, is it? But like the more modern stories are all trying to sow this narrative of gods, the ancient gods, goddesses, which is what the long's been talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go back to the nine again, the DuPont stuff we've been talking about. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, gods, goddesses, the ancients, like, uh, so yeah, it's all, it's all, all goes to the same place. 
it's the retelling of the ancient myths and the rebirth of the old gods um maybe i'm wrong man maybe like the old gods are real like John, you'll know more. You're a 32 degree Freemason. I'm guessing you've met ISIS. Yeah? <laughs> I've never worshipped ISIS. Okay, I can say that. I've never had. <laughs> I've never seen an have ISIS you, statue. Have you met? Have you met? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that vision I had. Um, remember, I told you about. I don't know if that was ISIS or Hathor, whoever the hell she was, but it seemed mm -hmm. like that. Right? It seemed like that type of entity you know, all in white, yeah. cloaked, hooded, whatever, well, not hooded, and but, you know, then just presenting me with the sword thing, and that was weird. I was like, ah, I don't want to do this shit. Seems to be, a, seems to be pretty a common occurrence for a few people out there, like the, uh, seeing the lady and stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, again, it's like... I think if there is anything real, it's something like the Jungian idea of, like, the archetypes, you know, and they kind of can communicate with us through our subconscious you know i kind of think it's half psychological and maybe half metaphysical type of thing i mean even yeah. young was involved with like the oss you know he so he must have known something that they agreed with you know what i mean i don't know i think there's something to it i don't i just don't know what it is and i don't i don't think i don't think it's aliens no <laughs> yeah yeah I don't Just think so not. either. Or not in the way yeah, that we understand um, them. We right, call them that, right? right? Well, everything everything that I think like over these years and stuff, like it's all come back down to any kind of real feeling of something bigger than us or me or I can't speak for myself, but it's been synchronicities mm -hmm. and it's been um, patterns, you know, like where things lead you to certain things, like in, uh, intuition, like uh, it all seems like external to me. So at times in our little research group, it seems external to all of us. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my closest feeling of actually the real, the reality behind all that. That there's Me something too. kind of spinning, spinning a web, and sometimes mm -hmm. you can get caught in it. Yeah, um, I know. I know a lot of people think that you that you create synchronicities and maybe that's true to an extent but for me like I'll have a synchronicity and I don't know why I'm having the synchronicity and you know I'll make a note of it whatever it is you know and then a month later I'll have another synchronicity about something else and then I fig figure out that the two things are connected in a way you know it'll be a word or an idea or a story or something and then you know later on I'll find out that they're connected and I don't I couldn't do that on my yeah. own without the knowledge you know without the pre-existing knowledge so it's you know, I've learned a lot through synchronicities. Yeah. So, and I kind of think that's the point. But again, the Jungian stuff, like, I mean, because I agree with you, like, Jung, Jung's, like, for me, is like, been a major help to get me through a lot of this stuff. Sounds crazy. I've said it before on one of these, but it has because it makes sense. What he wrote makes sense. So the, the concept of, like, the collective unconscious, like, if this, you know, eons of experience that's getting put into the makeup of what a human being is and our, com and our common shared histories and that's what we're drawing on or whether it's like you know you and that's why we're seeing things like the lady or mm -hmm. you know these these images that have become part of our archetypes um and then with the synchronicities the fact that we're all dipping into the same knowledge pool without really knowing it um i don't know i mean it makes sense to me like uh, and young i suppose like is probably how I met you Jenna yeah. like because of all that that sort of study off the back of um the Bledsoe's and Hathor right. and the fact that you found that stuff in the red book where the patient had met 
or had dreams about the solar goddess Hathor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously John Warner, like his family heavily connected to Jung with through the um what they called Bollingen Society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's all that as well. Like, so it's, it goes the, deep. All the stuff about synchronicities. Serious? So go on. Like that started with the Bledsoe stuff. For me, like I started connecting Hathor to Sirius. And then I started having just like crazy synchronicities related to Sirius, which I didn't know anything about before. And then I was just like everywhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole nother conversation. But... Yeah. Well, I think that like, you know, it, no, it is, it is. It's one that I'd really like to have, but we should probably, that's probably another whole that's two like hours say, easy conversation, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, but you can see though, like, you know, in the history of all this stuff, a lot of people have really dug into it. You, a lot of people end with end up with serious playing a big part in it. Now, mm-hmm. whether that's by design or, again, it's like decades of myth making that have gone before us. But you know, everything seems to end up with serious. Like I think that when you end up with the nineteen forties and uh, Jack Parsons and the birth of NASA and the, the stuff, the secret societies in the California and stuff like that. They're all they're all looking for serious too. It was all serious yeah. related stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, and Crowley yeah. Crowley was all about you know his sil- his order of the silver star was serious, and you know his yeah, uh, yeah. his guide or whatever was from Sirius. Iowas, the the gray alien yeah. Iowas, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. you've got the Astrum Argentium doing yeah. their secret rituals out of Palomar, and you've got up to now. Uh, TTSA, where you've got their logo is a five-pointed star of Sirius. <laughs> mm, yeah. You know, it all links together. Like, I mean... I remember the, the R2 dogs. Do you remember that? R2 dogs? Yeah, R2 dogs, longs, yeah. Absolutely. LLC, yeah. yeah. Which all fits. Which I think when you run it through Gematria, it actually comes out as the same as Order Out of Chaos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of, course. of course it does. Of course it of course does. It you does. know, I, the, one of the things I was thinking is like the the only reason that any of these intelligence agencies would be involved in any of these secret societies or any of these ritualistic things is if they worked, or they didn't work, but they could be used as manipulation for something or something. You know what I mean? Like it would be a tool to for some re, you know for some reason like to people to manipulate people that are that believe that they work or whatever, right? Or mm-hmm. or the other side of it is, is that works in some form or fashion. Right. And that they use, you know, I mean like remote viewing, they came out and denied that it worked forever. Right. But then you got guys like Joe McMonagle that comes out and said, yeah, I've been doing it for 40 years or 50 years or whatever. Right. I've been doing it for the government. I've been doing it for other organizations and all this stuff. And then the government's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well it's not enough that, you know, for us to work and, you know, we stopped studying it. Well, bullshit, you know, they've been still doing it and they still have, you know, contractors like McMonagle and those people are still doing it. So um, what's not to say that that the other part of that is, um, true as well. It, it, goes, it goes back to the whole, what I'm trying to put together right now is the whole Collins elite thing. Cause when TTSA, you know, I, I think this was on early on where they were really pushing the narrative with uh, Elizondo and those guys for a while was that there was that Collins elite. There's a group of people within the government that are highly religious and they don't want this to be studied because they say it's demonic. Right. And then everybody that triggered everybody to be like, well, what the hell are they thinking? They're just religious zealots and they're nuts and they're and all this stuff. Right. So what if the whole occult and the ritualistic things tie into um, whatever these, we call them, whatever, you know, incorporal entities or whatever, like non-corporal beings. Right. What if, what if that shit is 
real you, you do these like like ce5 is real right or, or a heist whatever i mean i know that i know that it's real because i've done it and it's worked you know right and so like if that's real remote viewing's real who's to say that these occult things that they're doing whatever these rituals are aren't aren't producing some type of results and say you are a right-wing religious and you you find out about it and it's like well wait a minute what are you guys doing you're doing a ceremony to fucking isis and trying to call in ufos and this you guys are summoning the devil and like i mean to me potentially that makes sense right well, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, like, but the thing is, though, what have, what have people been, we talked about this the other day, like, what have Christians, good Christian people been doing for centuries? Burning everybody at the stake who didn't believe what they believed in. <laughs> yeah, they've been, like, burning witches, burning pagans, like, torturing yeah. people who didn't do exactly what they wanted or what they believed. Yeah. And prior to that, for literally centuries, people worshipped the ancient gods. It does seem right. to me like those ancient gods that they worshipped from the other research that I like doing is was Diana or Artemis, mm -hmm. which god of nature, which when you talk about like, you know, the proper who do the Illuminati worship, the elites or whatever, or whoever it may be, if there is a, an elite who worship a weird god or goddess or whatever it may be, which one is it? And it does seem like it probably is Artemis or Diana. Um, but that's a whole other conversation too, yeah. But it all ties into this this stuff as well, and it keeps on coming back for me anyway. That might just be a personal thing, to be honest. But it does for my research. It keeps on coming back to that, yeah. No, it's it's documented. I mean, there's a lot of it's documented, right? Like Freya, the you know things, the the Earth Goddess, things like that. All of those yeah. are tied to that. And yeah, I mean, we know for we know for a fact. I mean, just through the community three hundred, and you know warner's stuff is that you have these people with a lot of money and a lot of resources that have ulterior alternative beliefs than than the majority than the masses do right the commoners or whatever mm -hmm. i mean they they have different ceremonies and clubs and you know whatever else right and that's not made up that's you can look into some of that stuff right i mean look at that whole bohemian grove thing that's fucking nuts right there i mean just that in itself and even they just even if they play it off or um you know they uh they treat it as just a, a what is it i think we were talking about they use it as more of a, a to weed people out to see if they're you know going to be go along with their even worse shit that they want to do or whatever they use it as like a, a I don't know, yeah. filtering mechanism to find the people that are willing to go to the other level of that kind of shit. I mean, if that's yeah. even the case, then you have that higher level of whatever. And and who's to say that maybe they have worshipped Artemis for a hundred thousand years and whatever they do works and they are able to keep their wealth or attain knowledge or whatever mm -hmm. the fuck else that us normal people don't. Well, well, this is it. It's like, I mean, if it works, like, you know, like if thousands of years of pagans around the world suddenly getting it blinked out by the Catholic church, you mm -hmm. know, because maybe the some of the works, you know, and then secret societies continuing the worship of Diana Artemis. I mean, Scientology, Dianetics, Diana, they call Diana Hubbard, like Ron Hubbard called his daughter, Diana called his first boat, Scientology boat, Diana, mm -hmm. um, the queen and the Royal family based off, research done by you know people in the 50s and 60s and before that said that the royal family secretly worship diana artemis um the witch called wicca and the original witch cult 
like uh, all based on Diana worship. <laughs> it seems like there's something in it, you know. And how's it tied into uh, UFOs, uh, Jenna? Wait, huh? <laughs> go ahead. How's it tie? How's that all tied into UFOs? But no, oh, go I ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was just saying that, all, like when I was comparing a lot of the goddess figures from different um, cultures, I, I noticed, um, and a lot of them, they were described as like the either the queen you know, of heaven or the mother of the gods, you know, mm. so she's like the one who creates the gods, you know, so maybe by having some kind of connection mm. with her or whatever, the feminine principle, mm -hmm. there's the belief that you become godlike, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Now that's kind of the whole yeah. Gnostic concept too, you know. The I'm divine married. feminine. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The divine feminine, divine masculine. That's one of, you know, doing a cure you know, mm -hmm. that did, you know, talk to her in her books and, you know, it's the whole return of the divine feminine thing, you know, and she's channeling a group that, um, that's called a consort consortium. Right. Mm -hmm. And that group basically is just a loose group of, they say loose, a group of various different entities and spirits and whatever else you want to call it that are trying to usher in a, um, change in humanity, via the union between the divine feminine and uh the divine masculine to birth um the divine human i guess i, I can't maybe i maybe get there i know it's the the between the two is the birth you know be the divine feminine and divine masculine they said basically from what she's saying is that divine feminine did rule you know was worshipped all this stuff for eternity and then basically i don't know if it was the catholic church or somewhere along the lines was cut and you lose that whole entire aspect you hold the, the feminine aspect and it's the masculine aspect and that whole entire thing is severed so there's no union of humans um because of the division between the, the masculine and the feminine and what needs to happen and is happening is that the re re -occur occurrence of the feminine is is coming back in and should supposedly create recreate the balance or whatever so I don't know if that all ties in, but it does make sense if people start all over the world, start having more Marian apparitions, right? There, there's a, the feminines returning. There's there's more of a feminine energy, you know, things like that. Um, mm -hmm. Aquarius, you know, the age of Aquarius all ties into supposedly some of that too. So, you know. But this is, like, this, this is all like, again, it's sort of like, you know, it's a, it's a tricky one because if this stuff is being fed to us, you know, and we've looked into the psychic element of feeding mm -hmm. visions to people mm -hmm. using technology like, you know, voice to skull or frequency-based psychedelic experiences or whatever it may be, like, right. um, or dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, I still don't ever want to go to the fucking dentist again. <laughs> no, no. Like, but it's, but, it, you know, again, it does come down to this idea that, like, if you're going to, you're gonna start a new movement in society if you're gonna start something like that usually you need a, a deity mm -hmm. if it's a religion anyway mm -hmm. or if it's going to be a culture change and, and that's what the age of aquarius is all about isn't it like i mean the new age and spirituality is a rework it's a re re revision of the old age mm -hmm. gods goddesses the bringing together of balance nature worship like it is essentially going back to pre-christian times so the concept of the new age in itself is what i think that these people are trying to bring in so whether they can generate belief in that through using advanced mk ultra techniques and i'm including on myself like experiences that i've had that maybe like i've picked up on something and that's not something real it could mm -hmm. be projected 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. But these people aren't stupid either. So if they, if I was going to be trying to do this en masse, what I'd probably be doing is looking at some of the world's best thinkers into psychology and things like archetypes and the gods and the goddesses and mysticism. So I'd, I'd end up with Carl Jung mm-hmm. and people like him. And then I'd be looking at what he was believing and what he was looking at. And then I'd probably try to replicate it. And that seems exactly what's happening. <laughs> it's the, this idea of the principle of the new age. And uh, there'll be a lot of people who hate me for saying this because a lot of the new age stuff I really like is purely about societal change, whether it's real or not. And I, I'm not too sure. But like, it is all just about people bringing in a change. Yeah, conscious and to the subconscious, right? As well, not consciously and subconsciously. Well, and subconsciously yeah but at the same time you know like if if it's not well it's a big you get into what the nature of what is real i mean like if somebody's feeding you decades of stories and a new mythos is that real i mean the, your response to it whether you suddenly decide all right i'm going to become a nature lover a new age spiritual child i'm going to meditate every day and all these things that let's be honest i do a lot of these things myself but like yeah so i'm a sucker to it but i know that as i get older and i read more i look at it and go well this could have just been created i mean like i was born in 1977 and that's when a lot of this stuff was getting pushed you know the age of aquarius like you know 70 Spielberg was putting out E.T., Close Encounters. Um, you've got, like, it's off the back end of the hippie movement. You know, mm-hmm. like, you've got books coming out about the, the rainbow and the serpent and all that stuff, you know. Like, the Gnostic texts are starting to get talked about again. Like, it's the full rebirth of it. And, and if you've if that's all you've lived through, to you, it becomes abs- it could become absolutely real, yeah? So I think that I think we're, like, in a pretty, in a pretty advanced stage of how society is being crafted and if you're in the ufo world you you enjoy reading that stuff you're way deeper into it than a lot of people are going to be that's my opinion anyway no yeah i think you're i think you're onto it man i think that's it i mean carl gustav young is a, a big powerful force and we know that he was in the oss right and all the other things right so um and he's what does he have two books or three books on ufos i can't remember i know there's i know there's one, one. i think it's just, one. just one. Yeah, i okay. think so but that one's quoted it's all over the saucers. place it's called flying saucers yeah i, I love how it's just called flying saucers flying saucers <laughs> yeah. you're, like, you're studying his work up until that point and you're like oh he's got a new book coming out it's called flying saucers what the fuck is that? all right but yeah <laughs> Best I mean, yeah everyone's <laughs> down the shop there, that one. <laughs> it's, like, it's like jesus but you know i mean um there's there's the whole nature spirit and then the, I don't know. I think it goes against the grain with some of this, like, how do you explain to a right-wing uh, militia that's, um, you know, uh, all full of masculinity and everything that there's a return of the divine feminine that's tied to UFOs and the change in consciousness on the planet. <laughs> like, you know, you get this whole, this whole divergent aspect of it that it'll never happen for. I mean, so like, I don't know where that whole thing leads to, because if that's the predominant thing, is there really opposing forces? Is it just another one of those things that keep us chasing our tails? We're not looking at the real thing. I mean, probably. I suppose like, I mean like the, the modern right wing, like uh, what did it like? What did the right wing stand against? Like they usually stand against other cultures, don't they? They stand against 
Islam, uh, Judaism, like um, colours, like rates of racial mm-hmm. hatred and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But like when I think about like kind of like a lot of the focus for malicious stuff seems to have been born of the wars against Islamic countries like Iraq, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. So a lot of that stuff seems to come from that and people being veterans of those wars, of those conflicts and going over there and being told that these people are your enemy. Yeah? Uh, yeah. And what's one common thing to latch onto about those cultures, if you want to find something to dislike, and it would be their second class citizenship of females. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so in terms of like selling a message, like the d- return of the divine feminine to a white militia man in America, based on the hatred of a group of people who supposedly hate women, that's a good way to sell it, yeah. There you go. Like, right. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so ma- these super masculine people, though, like you know, a lot of the time when I read about militias, so you got like ideologically, their enemies supposedly don't like women. Well, they do, but that that's what they're told. Mm-hmm. Um, their families in militias and in those kind of like like groups of people hold women and their families close. Like the strong players in it, you know, the idea of family values, conservative mm-hmm. family values. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so selling a new age message to a Nazi probably won't be that hard. Oh, you're good. You're so smart, <laughs> John. Jenna, what do you think? And then you, you, I don't know. See, I, I kind of think you, a lot of humans have a natural tendency to gravitate towards good things, but I also think that whenever there's some kind of organized um, uprising of people, organic it's infiltrated, you know, like mm-hmm. even the hippie movement, you would look at that, that was totally infiltrated by the mil- military industrial complex and, you know, the CIA. And so I, I don't know, even feminism, I think that's been, you know, kind of weaponized. I just think it all gets weaponized, you know, to serve yeah. the system or whatever. So the I don't know. And conquer. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Any movement seems to get, yeah, it seems to get infiltrated and then turned into something shitty. <laughs> like you know it's like there's always a way of dividing us so it's kind of like you know what you said then it's like with feminism you've got like so you've got feminism like a, a noble pursuit for like many 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 years yeah mm-hmm. and then it gets to almost turned against yeah what's the most recent thing lgbt like so you've yeah, got like um, transsexuals i feel like, yeah, I feel the like that's become movement. like such a circus on purpose you know i feel like yeah. it really like delegitimizes you know the whole movement i feel like it, they're purposely making it a circus so that people hate it oh, you know well exactly so it's so all of a sudden you've got like so what used to be the people fighting for their freedom are now being called bigots so mm-hmm. feminists a lot of feminists who say what does what does being a woman actually mean? What does that equate to? And I have no opinion on this, so I'm gonna say it, but like, but in terms of looking at a culture war, like yeah. you can see how they do it. And it's like, well, all right, so now these people who've like this this massive group of people, females who've fought for their rights for all these years are now being demonized in some regards for their opinions on what actually women are. Yeah. It's insanity. Like, mm-hmm. so for me looking into it. I'm not having an opinion in either way. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you see it. You see how it's just people get turned on each other, you know? And it's well, like... I've, um, I've seen it in ufology. Just for, uh, you know, there was that whole women of ufology movement that happened. I mean, I think it's probably still happening, but that was you know maybe a year or two years ago. I don't know, but there was like a big thing where there, there was a lot of women that actually got together and was like, 
you know, we're being basically subjugated and, you know, nobody's listening to us, you know, there's uh, Jenna and you know, did you hear any of that or see any of that when that was all going on? I kind of, I don't know. I'm not really involved with the UFO Twitter stuff. I was, you know, when I first started, that's where I started. And then I kind of went other places and it's just, to me, it's so myopic. So I I don't really pay attention to honestly. Oh yeah. No, no, it's cool. I mean, it was just one of those things. I don't really pay attention to the UFOs. Yeah, no, I mean, but it was just a thing where it was just like, well, yeah, women are, you know, completely sorely, um, misrepresented and like whenever anybody would you know a woman that come up would speak people would just attack her you know in a lot of different situations it would just you know be like some of those ufo people are just insane well it's it's like i mean so i'm I'm with you jenna like you know yeah i talk about ufos a lot but i talk about conspiracy more mm-hmm. and, yeah and you talk, and about, talk history, about mythology and history yeah, yeah looking at how it's so, all connected and I've never used the well, actually, somebody will probably search and find I have, but I never, I never use the hashtag UFO Twitter because that, that isn't what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think that it's become, like you say, it's too myopic. It sort of, yeah, it can it puts you into a bracket and and into a community which I'm not against, mm-hmm. but it's not one that I'm actually part of. Like, quite honestly, <laughs> I'm just not. Mm-hmm. And I think that from what I can see, there are a bunch of cannibals anyway, yeah? Because as soon as you <laughs> yeah. join that community, they just eat you. Yeah. Spit yeah. out the other side, man. And it's and it's and it's really ugly. Like it's just really ugly. And also, yeah. like from this you know, you, the stuff we've talked about for the last hour and a half, some of the names that we've talked about, who probably are big parts of playing to the UFO Twitter sphere, are all being, let's face it, a lot of these names have been manipulated by mind control societal change like so take away the ufos keep the conspiracy and that's where you're at with me anyway and jenna so i agree with you jenna john you i i I got into the whole thing um and i didn't know there was a thing you know when i got the ufo twitter i just kind of i literally i think i heard it on uh coast to coast episode at one point and i was like well what the hell is this right so then i kind of got into it and i've seen it for the limited time that I've been there, I don't know, it's a couple of years or whatever, but I've seen it turn into this politicized um, infighting. There's definitely agents of, uh, you know, there's there's agents in there all over the place, right? I mean, they've even admitted to it. And I think some of the Twitter file stuff recently came out, you know, a whole lot of Elon Musk Twitter files about how many, how many, how much government um, involvement in, in Twitter there is, like a lot, right? Like a lot. There's oh, a lot. Yeah, of, big time. Yeah, I mean, there's like definitely a huge campaign um in there right so the government's reading all this shit they're involved in it there's they there's fake accounts that are you know pushing people's perceptions one way or the other way and there's manipulation going on in all fronts there and you can definitely see it i mean it was shit it drove warner off of twitter for like a long time right because it, anytime you post anything you got attacked by bots or people or you know fake accounts or real people or whatever like anytime you got posted anything it was just just got piled on with just the most outrageous shit you know and it's Whoa. like, well, it's it's basically just another arm of disinformation at this point. Well, he's in a unique position, being a blood relative of one of the biggest players in the what I consider yeah. to be a, a major government op. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, he's talk speaking out against something like that. He's he's got balls to be honest to do it. You know, like enough respect. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, you know, I I don't care. I made a little 
YouTube short of him just saying that his cousin's lying, you know, from one of the talk that you and I did with him and, you know, here's why. And like anytime that he posts shit about, you know, he's, he posts right on um, Chris Mellon's uh, Twitter. He's like, yep, you know, Hey, you're part of this too. And he doesn't come out right out and say that he's wrong and he's, you know, he's completely leading everybody down the path, but I think he's from the last tweets or whatever, he's basically saying he's only telling half truths or, you know, the little bit of it or little parts of it where there's way more of it and there needs to be more pushing, you know, and I think that's yeah, what yeah. his biggest thing about it is, but there's, I mean, there's all of that shit going on there. So I, I don't know. I think there's at times though, I do think that there's ways that, you know, how the government will just slip shit out every once in a while just to see what happens. I think that's probably a case for UFO Twitter where they'll, throw a bunch of fake shit out and see how many people jump on top of it or they'll throw real shit out and everybody go, Oh, that's fake. You know, and mm -hmm. they'll, they'll use it as a gauge to figure out what's going on. I mean, basically it's, it's like a MK ultra 2.0 in some regards. Well, it's almost, almost as well. It's like kind of, it's almost like they're having fun. Like when oh, you, yeah. when, the, when these stories are being created, it's like, you know, like the idea. And again, we talked about this the other day, but like um, the idea that Admiral Nimitz was the commanding officer for, Ron L. Ron Hubbard, and that <laughs> Catalina Island, where apparently you know, there's the video of Lou Elizondo and his hippie friend, um, hey, Hill. Hill, yeah, like driving sailing out there and stuff out there. And that's where apparently he wrote Dianetics, yeah. So, yeah. like, you know, well, then it ties into the stuff that know. there's other research too that you guys have done is that, um, uh, Dietrich, right? Is it, um, Jenna, what? Oh, so yeah. Alex, yeah. Alex. So, so Jean-Luc found the thing about her, is it her uncle, her great uncle or her grandfather? Some, yeah, something like that. A great uncle or I can't remember which one, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe he, grandfather. It might have been grandfather. So this is, this. see, this isn't a whole nother thing. I don't know how long you guys have. I got to go soon. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. Whenever you got to go, it's no, no big deal. It's like, a, okay. But the modern narrative spinning but, is like, yeah, the whole the Nimitz encounter and then Dietrich's yeah. thing is. Yeah, and then that gets into this whole other thing of connections with weird things. But yeah, so I guess it was her grandfather was a sci-fi writer for Amazing Stories, which, you know, that's the Ray Palmer thing. Um, he was also a member of the German and American Rocket Societies. Hmm. Um, and then his... Her uncle was Thomas Starzl, who was like the mod the father of modern transplantation. So yeah. transplant surgery, basically. Organ no. transplants, right? For like hearts, lungs, all that shit. Because <laughs> it gets weird. But um, yeah. What well, his name was um who the guy that wrote for the um um amazing adventures or amazing stories was Roman Starzl. Uh -huh. I was yeah. saying one of this Roman Starzl and like um, yeah so he was writing these old adventure stories back at the same time as people like Lovecraft were Yeah. so you know in terms of seeding stories and ideas and the fact that then he comes back around all these years later and these big players in these things are um, uh, related yeah, and then you know some of the these whole, old names, you know. Right, and the whole Ray Palmer, who's the guy who had did amazing stories. He wrote a book with Kenneth Arnold. He's connected to the Fred Crisman thing, you know, with the Maury Island. Like it all, it's all connected. It's all good. It's all circular. Um, yeah. I don't know. And then there's the whole Scientology connection too. Like you were just talking about with L. Ron Hubbard and the Nimitz thing, and 
you know, you've got Hal Putoff and you've got all these RV, you know, remote viewers, guys who are into Scientology. That was another thing. That was another reason I was just done with UFO Twitter because I started asking questions about that and they, you know, I was getting attacked for it. I'm like, why can't um, I ask about it? Why? You know, well, why is I this off topic? There's loads of Scientologists on there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I can't ask questions. Scary, I wanna, I'm not interested. You know, I don't want to be a part of a group where I can't ask questions because that's what I'm here for. I want to yeah. learn what's going on. I want to know the truth. You know, if I'm not allowed to ask questions, then. But that's why Twitter is a great tool to stop people asking questions because all it's doing is funneling you down the same path. It's giving you the mm-hmm. story to follow. It's giving you the celebrities or the names to follow. And then hammering you when you step out of it. Right. And keeping you, you know, on this little carrot on a thread. And being like, oh, it's coming. Disclosure's coming. Yeah. Wow. The latest thing is the, um, I haven't watched Green Street's newest video that he put out, but basically he went to Skinwalker Ranch. And all I saw was a, was a tweet that he retweeted from Travis Taylor saying, Hey, I'd never said that I was Mormon, a former Mormon or currently a Mormon or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay. So then I was, so then my, I, you know, sometimes I just like say shit. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just yeah. said, I just said, so green street, what's your theory? What's your theory with Mormonism in, in Skinwalker ranch? And then it was just like blowing up, right? Like it just, everybody just went into this whole thing and somebody was basically like, well, if you're dumb enough to believe Mormonism, then you're dumb enough to believe all the shit that happens at Skinwalker Ranch. And then Travis Taylor came back in and was basically going, you know, I'm not saying one religion's better than another. They all have their, you know, and then it just kept going and it was just going and going and going. But basically Green Street was like, Travis Taylor wasn't the only one that would not meet with me and wasn't there and he's not a Mormon. And everybody else that was there was Mormon. And I'm going, duh, I've been looking into this forever, right? That's, even if it's not, um, it has to be, there has to be something to it. But mm-hmm. the Mormon the Mormon religion ties heavily into Freemasonry, right? That's where my interest always is, is because Joseph mm-hmm. Smith was a Freemason who basically stole all of the degrees and made up whatever, had all this shit happen and then created the Mormon church, which basically is a copy of the first three degrees of Masonry and all this other shit that's thrown in there. And then most people that aren't um, Freemasons and are just Mormons have no idea. And I've met some people that actually are Masons and um, became Mormon, which is still blows my mind. I've talked to a guy that was, that became Mormon after being Christian his whole life. He was a Mason. Then he was like, "Wow, it's so much like Freemasonry. I'm like, Holy shit. I mean, yeah. so you look at that and it's like, all right, because in Skinwalker Rancher is like a square and compass carved in one of the rocks up there, you know, and all these other things. So I'm thinking, man, how does this all tie together? So there's that whole infighting now where Travis Taylor is saying he never was a Mormon. He isn't a Mormon. Everybody else is a Mormon. Um, but Green Street was a former Mormon himself. Right. So do you think that um, um, Travis Taylor is a Freemason, though? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. I've never really looked into it. I uh, Aren't he I written know. some books back in? The, I can't remember. I remember reading something. Hasn't he got some books out on on the sort of mysteries? I don't know actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the the guy from Museum of Tarot, Brett, he kind of goes at him hard in a couple of his of his um, TikTok videos and stuff. He wrote a book about like manifestation or something. Travis Taylor wrote a book about manifestation and right. um, and then some other things. But I haven't. His dad was a huge in rocketry back in the day um, uh, in Alabama, so NASA and all the rocketry stuff too, and that was around the you know the whole paperclip time maybe as well. Yeah. So I know that his his whole family is um, is part of that culture in the rocketry and all that stuff too. But I don't know. I've never actually put that together to see if Travis Taylor would be a Freemason or not. 
Is he Travis S. Taylor? That's I think him, so. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So the science behind the secret, decoding the law of attraction by Travis S. Taylor, PhD. Yeah. yeah. Um so that was like before. And then he's got loads of what look like fantasy books. Yeah, Kill he's like a tying a, a Tao Seti agenda series. Uh it's all yeah, it sounds to me like he's you know, like the sort of wording of that, you know, the fact it's He's got a book series called The Tau Seti Agenda, yeah? <laughs> fiction. Science fiction writer, right? He's a science fiction writer. I'm speculating, so what do I know? I don't know. I don't know. Jenna, what do you think? I don't know. I, I, I don't know enough about him, and I haven't really been following the Skinwalker Ranch thing because I just think it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm not the right person to ask like, about that. It's that Scooby-Doo, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Zoinks! <laughs> I just think if it was anything real, it wouldn't be on a stupid reality show on the History Channel. <laughs> well, uh, what interests me though is that, like, you know, again, it's I'm like you. I've, I look at Skinwalker and it looks like a cartoon. Yeah, like you got, <laughs> you know, you got like a, this grim-looking security expert who carries a <laughs> machine gun just in case a, a, a trans-dimensional werewolf attack. <laughs> oh, come on, man! Like seriously, like. Please. And then, oh, Jesus, it's just, it's, anyway, but what does fascinate me though, well, obviously the other links, and then you've got like, the fact they bought it from Bigelow. I think, is he a Mormon? I don't know. I've, I've never been able to figure that out. Somebody said he wasn't. I don't know. I, I was assumed he was, but I don't think he is. I, 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 I mean, Jacques Vallée's been down there visiting. Like, so you got like some big names, like, mm-hmm. it's interesting, isn't it? So you got like a lot of this stuff, it all plays into like the, sort of the big narrative stuff yeah. but yeah I, I think it's a load of bullshit skinwalker ranch i don't know i think it's probably one of the soft disclosure things too and just to get people into the idea i mean i let my wife actually read the hunt for the skinwalker you know that george letaski you know whatever that the latest book that came out and it freaked her out mm-hmm. right because it was all about you know the 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 um things that follow you home you know like the uh oh yeah the hitchhiker the, the hitchhikers and shit and she was freaked out about that you know and it's like the werewolves mm. and all that other shit. So she's always like, don't bring shit back over to my house. And I'm like, she's always worried about me getting everybody abducted or werewolves now showing up because I'm going somewhere. And it's like, it know. was skinwalkers though, man. Like, you know, when you actually look at, cause uh, Whitley Stryber did that mood book and got turned into a movie back in the eighties called the howl. Was it the howling or wolfing? Is it wolfing? wolfing. Yeah. Wolfing. Yeah. Wolfing. So wolfing. I forgot all about it. Wolfing. But Wolfen goes into the idea of what the skinwalkers were. So, like, you got the Native American guys who channel the energy of an animal. So, shape shift, even yeah, to the point animal. where they show the scene where he goes out into the main uh, character who's supposed to be like a Navajo Indian or something, goes out and strips off naked, goes onto the beach, becomes like a wolf. He's always a man, but you know, he just he laps at the water in the sunlight and he howls at the moon and everything. He never changes into a wolf, but he says he powered me feels the power of it yeah and he even explains that to the character but when you look into the real native american skinwalkers they were black magicians so they were doing ritual sacrifices they would do apparently like they had to like do something so awful to open up the power to themselves and i think they call it something like the the moral event horizon so there's no coming back from it. As soon as you've grown over that moral mm. event horizon, you have to do something truly awful 
which will then give you the power of the black magician skinwalkers and that usually was to kill a close family member somebody that, that you're supposed to love that ties into the movie um, you told me to watch the northman where that that whole um yeah germanic nordic tribe basically became they they were like wolves right i mean they yeah, yeah. They, they kind of were lapping at the ground and stuff and there's have you ever seen that movie jenna it's pretty cool it's called the northman it's my we watched it it's really it's all based on psychedelic mushrooms and everything as well and and you know there's at some point where this dog is like after this guy and this guy just growls at this dog and the dog for you know because freaking out <laughs> yeah i know that's what i was gonna say your dog's freaking out but i mean it's like you know they they imbue the spirit of these animals or whatever at that point and they do it through like ceremony mushrooms and like you know magic ceremonies mm. and all this evil shit and it's like i don't know that goes back to the nature spirit stuff again right like what is it what's going on yeah. there is, it, is that what it is and what is the nature of our reality what are we really are we what are we capable of and you know like and that's a big part of wolfen too i mean there is obviously sort of a crazy weird element in the story in wolfen that there's a race of advanced wolves in it. Do you remember the I story? I can't believe that was Whitley Strieber. Everybody forgets that Whitley Strieber just makes up fiction, right? Like I just the, the weird thing to me was the cover of that book. <clears throat> There's a version of the book that has the twin towers on it and the wolf face in the middle. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, that came up like a few months ago. You were digging into that whole twin tower thing. Yeah, yeah, I found that. I, like, oh. I forgot about that. Well, like in the wolf in like because it they these this advanced. It's like it's like a pack of wolves, basically, that are evolutionary perfect. So they've evolved alongside humans, but they've kept themselves quiet. So they're intelligent and smart. And what they do is they hang around in the. They can't be that smart, but they obviously need a lot of food, and they're like eating humans. So they hang around in the ghettos of New York, <laughs> <laughs> eating humans. Yeah, like um, it's actually a pretty good movie. When I watched it, I was like. I enjoyed I it. Me. I didn't see it. Watch it. Honestly, it's really it's decent. It's decent, yeah. Like, um, I mean, it's old now, but it's it's it's, it's, it's enjoyable. And when it gets into the Skinwalker stuff, it's interesting, especially the fact it's Whitley Strieber that wrote it. Yeah, like it's it's fascinating. I think a lot. I think the majority of people forget that Whitley Strieber is as <laughs> a science fiction author. Like yeah, that, yeah. all of the heat majority of the shit that he's is fucking made up. So then. But then you go communion, which is real, right? Like, okay, I was like, how was? <laughs> well, he had a book. He had a book called Cat Magic. That was one of his first books about um, a community of modern day witches and sorcerers living in an American town, working on uh, breaking the mystery of life after death. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, that's what Bigelow's doing now, isn't that Bigelow switch from on the Skinwalker Ranch? And that's his big deal is the communication, yeah. like. Jeffrey Mishlove got a half a million dollars, whatever, for writing an essay about um, yeah. proving the existence of life after death. And, and... well, it, it's almost like this stuff's written, like it's written for him, you know, like almost like, here you go, guys, here's, here's the playbook. You know, Whitley wrote it 25 years for us, get stuck mm -hmm. in. But like, because yeah. in Cat Magic, like they're, they're, I guess they're Wiccans, they worship the goddess and everything, you know, and some kind of cat form of the goddess hmm. that comes at night and does this shit but they, they do rituals and they're all writers and professors and middle class mm. like academics and like Whitley Strieber mm -hmm. um it's almost kind of like yeah he's, he's like the guy's stuff even though it's sci-fi it's biographical like he's he's writing about what I believe and other people believe that's what he's just writing about his own experiences I mean who's that awesome um guy who did the research on him you put put him on to me the British guy Jenna, 
Which one? You wrote about Whitley Stryber and uh, oh, Jason Horsley. Jason Horsley, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that that amazing. I mean, yeah. that's incredible, yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that, they, that's so well researched. Like, his book is so well yeah. done that you can't come back from that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when you read it, it's like, well, there's no way I can actually really believe any of this now. And plus, you know, he's like kind of an insider because his family was so connected, you know, politically yeah. and socially, you know. So it, absolutely, yeah. it's. I mean, that's that's a big recommendation. Jason Horsley, the what was it called? The Met. Uh, it's called a uh, Prisoner of Infinity. Yeah, Prisoner of Infinity. And then he's yeah. got another one, that, another book that the I read before that. That's a tough What's that one called? The Vice of Kings. The Vice of Kings, yeah. That's a Which tough is... one. That's that's rough. That's all yeah, about Australia yeah. and stuff. That's uh, that's a rough read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also really good though, because it's it's again really well researched and you know it ties into the historical elite use of pedophilia mm -hmm. as control and yeah, black magic, like everything that <laughs> you know like people who are brave enough to get into that stuff it feeds into ufology as well you know like uh you know what i found interesting this is kind of off topic but pretty much on topic is that i saw that you know chris bledsoe's book um was supposed to come out in december it didn't and then i saw ryan posting they're like doing like a gofundme or something to like finalize it now to really get, yeah because they i guess they said that they they're going to self-publish because <laughs> they didn't want the story to change at all right. you know they wanted to keep the story true or whatever but they're going to self-publish but they needed more fun so i think there's a gofundme or something like that for the to finish the book you know and it was supposed to be out this you know december but I was yeah like, well, what's going on over there i mean so like if there's that whole it'd be interesting to read that book to see if any of the the things that we're talking about the seeding the narratives or any of that shit follows everything mm -hmm. that we've been you know we've been talking about and discussing and researching I mean, because if that's it if that's it and that's one of the new you know up there with the lazars or whatever to be the one of the pinnacles of the you know disclosure well, movement things like i mean ryan's ryan has brought in this whole idea that there's a ruse going on he talks about the illuminati like he's, mm -hmm. he said that there's secret societies that are spinning bullshit basically trying mm -hmm. to control the narrative which is kind of everything that we're saying yeah. um but you know like i mean the bledsoe story is fascinating but I think uh, we should do a separate episode on that. Oh yeah, for sure. I was just, we were just getting talking about books and it's like, well, you know, if, if, if Streber and everybody else and they've been doing these, you know, and, and like we were talking about the other day, the Necronomicon from, you know, basically um, Lavinda finally came out and said that it was him and that, and he was putting library cards in libraries for 30 years to like, it's just like, and yeah. these are all the same players that are involved with Bledsoe and some in either tangentially or like directly. Right. So, I mean, what what's going to happen with this one? It's going to be another well, one. Well, Bledsoe, the fact that he's um the cover of the book is uh Sal not Salvador that one we're talking about it's um, Jesus it's Jesus, Jesus but it's on that Leonardo da Vinci painting the Salvador right. Monday where he's holding the sphere yeah mm -hmm. like I mean what they're doing using using that image is tying it straight into the Merovingian mysteries um the uh, well we, I don't know if they're going to use this terminology but the Priory of Sion mm -hmm. uh, the the codes from the the ancients, the Templars, I guess, Rosicrucians, like all that stuff, you know. So it's going to be I interesting. Think the, the title of the book is called "UFOs of God," I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, and he's he, he fully believes that they're angels, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, 
They could Shit, be. Man, like, oh, I mean, fuck, I don't know. What if they are? Well, it's, I don't know. I mean, like I say, I mean, like I know that when we've talked about this sort of privately and stuff like that, like it's a case that uh, we're all interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we should definitely all, do a, all... a whole different episode on that for sure. Definitely. Yeah, there's so much to it. like Especially I, with I, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be good to get Nick on as well. Um, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be good to get Ryan on. Yeah, we should. But, yeah. Jenna, we, Jenna probably has a list already. <laughs> Questions. <laughs> Have you, did you? Mute. Oh, she is on mute. Oh yeah. Did you? Have you? you oh, she's back. Oh, the dog. The dog definitely knows what's going on. As soon as we started talking about werewolves and shit and skinwalkers, <laughs> the dog started picking it up. Uh at home, and there was people in the house. Every time so you start talking about serious, some... it's like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's my jam. Uh, Jesus, man, that whole bloodline thing is still, still gets me, man. I, I mean, what the thing that gets me that has makes me, I was thinking about this last night for some odd reason after our talk was that every president, I can't remember this girl who did the research. It was like a, like a grade school girl or a high school girl who did some kind of term paper that figured out like every single president, except for one has a direct relation or a descendant of like, what was it? King James or something or, or King like all related somehow. It's not Every U.S. president is related to the Brit, yeah, the English yeah. king. Is it King James? I think I don't know. I remember, remember. remember. So, one of the one of the kings. Is this right? by design? Do you think? Fuck yeah! How would it not be? How would it, statistically even Donald Trump is related somehow to the that that bloodline, right? Aren't you related to to Trump, Jonathan? No. <laughs> no, yeah. no, not you. <laughs> yeah, well, my the clan, the clan. You know, if I follow I'm my Scottish, follow my. Scottish clan history, he his family married into the clan that my family were part of, like yeah, the McLeods. So like his mum was Mary McLeod, oh. um, and that's who. What was his dad's name? John Trump was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. John. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was, his uncle was the government scientist guy. That's his... right. Yeah. So he but he married. So they married into the McLeods. Like if you get on a conspiracy route. They'd say that you married into it because the McLeods are supposed to come from Merovingian stock. Mm. So Merovingians, if anyone's read Holy Blood, Holy Grail, mm-hmm. that's you know like that idea that it's got a, a bloodline. And then obviously it turned up in the Highlander film as well. Mm-hmm. So, you seen the Highlander films? No, not seen Highlander. There could only be one. All you need to do oh, is there, there could be one. Jenny, you've got to go and watch Highlander. Like now, yeah? Cancel any family dues. Just go and watch Highlander. It's about it's about the Clan McLeod, an immortal from the Clan McLeod, oh. um, who basically lives throughout time fighting other immortals who come and try to claim the throne from him. Yeah? It's wild. It's really good. And there can yeah. only be one. There can only be one. There can be only one, yeah. There can be only and the one. whole soundtrack was done by Queen. Oh, nice. I love Queen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's banging like it's a good film. Yeah. I remember watching it as a kid going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I remember like 11 or 12 going, everybody's like, Highlander yeah, yeah. is awesome. I'm like, I have no idea what the hell's going on. It's just a lot it's of... It's an interesting rap. The guy who wrote that film, like, I, was, cause I was thinking like, because when I watched it again, I was like, oh, man, his influences in this film like are really strange. So I went to see what else he'd written. And he another film that he'd done was the, the movie The Prophecy. Have you seen that one? Christopher mm-hmm. Walken, uh, Eric oh. Stoltz, about an angel, angels coming back to Earth, like Nephilim, mm-hmm. um, war on Earth and everything, you know? And you've got, is it um, Viggo Mortensen turns up oh, as yeah. Lucifer 
Like mm-hmm. uh, Angel Gabriel's played by Christopher Walken, which is hilarious. Batshit crazy. Usually, right? <laughs> like uh, it's just Christopher Walken because he doesn't even play anybody else but himself. So it's <laughs> just himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's such a strange guy. Have you seen that yeah. clip of him um, introducing the Foo Fighters? Yeah. No? <laughs> like, yeah. he goes, like, apparently, like, he had to introduce the Foo Fighters, like, live on stage. And yeah, Saturday, met... Saturday Night Live. It was, like, a Saturday Night Live thing. That's right. Yeah. And he said to, like, Dave Grohl and everybody backstage, he was like, so when I introduce you, how where do I put the emphasis in the words Foo Fighters? And he goes, put it on the... Um, on fighters, yeah. So when he comes out, he's like, "Ladies and gentlemen, the Foo Fighters." <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, the Foo Fighters. Okay. It's so great. I love that guy. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But even Whitley Stryber apparently said, like after we watched Communion, he has no idea what the fuck Christopher Walken was doing with that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some crazy alien. I don't know what to do. I remember remember that one scene where he's just sitting on the couch in the movie communion, Christopher Walken, and he's like staring at the doorway, right? I think, and and like the the gray like peeks its head out or whatever, and he's just like, but it's Christopher Walken. So at the same time, it's just Christopher. Everybody else has been losing their minds. It's just that fucking look in his face. Yeah, regular Tuesday, like yeah, (laughs) yeah. That movie fucked me up as a kid too. That that movie was freaky as a kid. Communion, like. I've never seen that either. Really? Catch up. I always hated sci-fi when I was a kid. My mom always watched sci-fi, and now I'm like, I guess I need to watch this shit to see what they're trying to make us believe in. <laughs> oh yeah, I well, can't yeah. remember that movie was far from the book, though. I mean, obviously most of them are, but I mean, there's a lot of you know. But that was that was massive. That was a that was a big movie. Same thing with Fire in the Sky. I remember that one. That being one I saw. I did see did, that. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole that whole narrative was that was cool. That was a that was a good. I think that was a good thing. But I, I remember recently reading about um uh shit, what's the guy's name? Travis Walt Walton said that um that he would like to change, you know, remake it because there is um and there's like a clip that somebody did. There was an interview with him from probably like uh, I don't know, four or five years ago, maybe, that somebody took like ad actual actors and talked to um uh, Travis Walton and they like did the scene where it was like a Nordic. He said that they weren't aliens, he said they were Nordics. They were like white, you know, tall white guys, massively built. But and so whoever this guy was, he like he um they used CGI and like two actors. And this guy was like a bodybuilder dude with like a long blonde wig and like a skin tight onesie. Yeah. And <laughs> and like they like walked him out of the uh, hangar and stuff. And there was a I think it was a blonde woman too in, in there. And basically he was saying, Yeah, there weren't gray aliens. That was what the whole yeah, I think he said they were um they were wearing like helmets too, like some mm-hmm. kind of glass thing on their head. Yeah. 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 He said, but Hollywood, you know, made this change the whole thing and it pissed him off because he had sold his rights and he wasn't allowed to like change it. But it was basically like Nordics had taken him out and he was in a hangar. He was basically in a hangar. He came out of the ship and it was like giant hangar full of other ships and they took him to another thing and basically like knocked him out. But it was like white dudes. This this was, um, sorry, what was his name again? Uh, Travis Walton. Travis Walton. Really? Can I didn't know any of that. That's crazy. I think he was on um I think he was on Joe Rogan not that long ago. Like maybe he last was. Year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, he was talking about how it's completely different than the than the movie was yeah. for sure. Didn't somebody recently though like fully debunk him? There oh. was like efforts to do that. Like the some of the guys that were in the truck with him 
were trying to say that he made it up or something. And then other people were trying to say that he got paid to say that, that he, you know, it was basically somebody saying one of the guys of the truck came out and said that, you know, he, he made it up and wanted us to go along with it. And then other people were like, we got approached by somebody trying to give us money to say that too, but we didn't like the other guys or whatever. But oh, really? So it might right. be like set up like, right. Like, Hey, here, we'll give you a bunch of money to say that Walton was making all this shit up if you go along with it. And I think, I don't know, I, it could be that's what happened or not. You know, it's, a, it's a case I've hardly even looked into. I've seen the film, but I've never really looked into it. I should do. After the Rogan thing, there was a lot of, there was a big kind of resurgence in his story and a lot of the stuff that didn't come out. And that's how I found that, um, the, uh, you know, the, the version, the new version that, that, that this guy made with the Nordics and things like that. But, mm. um, yeah, it's kind of weird, his, his story. I don't know either. It's probably tied into Mormonism, Scientology at some point. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was about to say then, like one thing I remembered about um, communion was the date that Whitley Stryber said he was abducted on was the Vernal Equinox. No, so shit, I didn't make know a big deal of that. Yeah, like when you look at the actual date he was abducted, if you look at that date and when the Vernal Equinox occurred in 1981 or whatever the year was that it happened, I can't remember, but it was the Vernal Equinox, yeah. So, so everything about that just says wicker. Some, <laughs> kind, of, some kind of a court ritual, do you know what I mean? Odin! Odin, <laughs> yeah. Out in the woods on the Vernal Equinox. Yeah, seeing Ish- yeah. Seeing Ishtar. Like, right. Imagine like, that. Uh, imagine that. And little blue guys. Gotta get going. So. Sorry to sorry to cut it short. I gotta get going though. Oh yeah, no worries. Oh, we can. Really? I, I'm so now. so happy we got to even chat though again. Yeah. 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 It's been great. Well, right. well, I'm gonna go as well because I really, really want to go and eat some food again and <laughs> drink a cup of tea. Well, happy so, New Year to you guys. Happy New happy Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, we'll set up another time. We'll get Nick back in here and we'll talk about the blood yeah. toes and whatever else. Yeah. All right. That'd be awesome. All, All right. right. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, dude.